when the saints go marching in, <coughs> I'm thankful that we're looking forward to that. For those of you who were here last night know that Monday night or today, last night, rather last night through today, uh, was the beginning of Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets, and um, <clears throat> there's just a lot there that's going on, and they believe that within 10 days the Messiah could return, and uh, I don't know, that will happen, uh, <clears throat> but the, what we do know is that the Lord could come back uh, anytime, and I, I am thankful that, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, I know that he is, you know, able to come, and he is, uh, this is the time they're blowing the shofar, and they're, they're looking for the return, the new year, and uh, it's, uh, they're, they're kind of believing that, uh, you know, it, that's the way it's going to be, and so, uh, hallelujah, I, I realize that we are living in the last days, and if there was ever a time to get real, uh, this is the time. I don't have a, the changer, Sister Tracy. Thank you. Uh, this is the time that it becomes, you know, um, how am I going to get real? And uh, the, the point of it all is, it, it is that we are uh, looking at, um, you know, the uh, sense of, Lord, help me to um, be real in this hour. And I, I, I recognize that um, I'm trying to find on here if I can uh, view, there it is, view, normal, view. I want my notes pages on it, and I'm not seeing that, but uh, anyway. Uh, uh, Mm hmm okay hallelujah all right we'll see there it is there it is there it is there it is got it thank you all right uh, getting real and I was looking through the book of Psalms and you have to remember that Psalms was written uh, <clears throat> probably most of the Psalms were written about 3,000 years ago. There was, um, <clears throat> it was not um, a, uh, it's not a book from the New Testament, although it is quoted in the New Testament. Probably the most famous quote is found in uh, the book in, in the Gospels where Jesus quoted Psalms, the 22nd chapter that opens up, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And that is from Psalms 22. And it's called a, a lament. Or we have a book in the Old Testament called the book of Lamentations. Anybody ever heard of Lamentations? few of you have. Uh, Jeremiah wrote that. It's to lament. And what uh, does it mean to lament? When you lament something. Uh, you know, <clears throat> well we probably mistakenly use that word lament as being, oh, I lament, um, you know, I lament uh, not um, going by the gas station before church. 
Now I have to go after church. And yet probably the word lament is much stronger than that. It is not just, uh, oh, I wish I would have. It is, it is a passionate expression of grief, sorrow, disappointment, or mourning. It is one of those that it, you feel the agony. You feel the realness. You feel the intensity. And we were talking about knowing the love of God and staying in the love of God. And, and Lamentations and the book of Lamentations and these Psalms that are written in the book of Psalms, when you see a lament psalm, it is, it, it is very uh, powerful. It's very uh, from the, your gut. It is very, it's overwhelming. It is one of those feelings of intense sorrow, grief, disappointment, etc. Um, unfortunately, um, the Lord was very specific about the priest, the high priest, was never supposed to reach that stage of lamenting. Um, and he, that he would tear his garment. That was a, a common expression of grief, was that um, they would rip their garment, they would oftentimes uh, put on sackcloth and ashes, they would show the intensity of their grief. I am so grieved that I ripped my garment, I tore my clothes. And the Lord was very specific when he gave orders in the Old Testament to the priests that they were never to have that kind of intense lamentation. Uh, and why was that? He says uh, that they were, had access once a year into the presence of the Lord. So nothing should be so overwhelming to them that they would uh, rip their garment or they would go into that kind of grief because they have walked into the Shekinah. Now, why is that important? Um, is because uh, when uh, the trial of Jesus was happening and you remember when the high priest accused him of blasphemy, and when Jesus responded, when the high priest tore his garment, um, immediately the high priest uh, actually uh, gave away his position because he sinned at that point according to the law. So he was no longer fit to be the high priest. And in, in fact, whatever it was that caused him to tear his garment, then he transferred that his office to that individual. So at that moment of tearing his garment, that Jesus actually became the high priest because when Jesus was there in his presence. And so at that moment, he forfeited his office. So it's a powerful understanding of what happened in the trial when that high priest tore his garment, which he was never supposed to do. Then immediately he transferred his, uh, his, his lamenting 
transferred his uh, ability to hold the high priest's office. Now, we know Jesus was, in fact, our high priest. What's amazing is that there are anywhere, and, and just depending on which author, author you read and, and who you're studying, there are anywhere from 58 to 65 Psalms. That's over one-third of the book of Psalms is <clears throat> considered either a personal or a communal or a community lamentation or lamenting. It is there, in other words, uh, some of them are written as if the whole nation is mourning, and some of them are written as David personally was going through mourning and other individuals. And so uh, they are open, honest, bold expressions of dismay and discouragement. And we know that Psalms is our songbook, our prayer book, our prayer guide, and it helps us to get real. And so we're going to look at some of those lamentations that are in the book of Psalms, and I could spend uh, an entire Wednesday night on one of them, uh, any one of them, and we're going to try to uh, go through a few just to kind of give you an idea of, you know, where we are. Because, uh, you know, unfortunately, I see and I feel, um, you know, oh, you remember the good old days? How many remember the good old days? I raise your hand, remember the good old days? Yeah, the good old days. Well, guess what happened in the good old days? You know, people went to church, People were nice. People were... Well, let, let me tell you what Psalms, the 12th chapter, David said about the day he was living in. Because, you know, I'm talking about the good old days in the 60s and 70s and 50s and 40s and 30s. Those good old days. Well, let me tell you. Psalms 12. Help, Lord! For the godly man ceaseth. David was saying, people are ungodly. Guess what? In the 30s, 40s, 50s, people were ungodly too. Huh? Well, they may not have been as open about it, but they were still ungodly. Okay. For the faithful fail from among the children of men. Guess what? People were unfaithful in David's time 3,000 years ago. Anybody? People faithful now? People faithful? Everybody was faithful in the 30s and 40s. And I know, I love it. We were in Amarillo a few weeks ago, and you know, out there where the West, and you know, they grab you by the hand, and their word is their bond. Don't believe that. <laughs> There might be a few good old cowboys out there, but there are also ungodly cowboys. Huh? There are unfaithful cowboys. Verse 2, they speak vanity, everyone with his neighbor. With flattering lips and a double heart do they speak. Anybody know vanity means... They speak uh, untruths. Anybody know? 
In the 40s, there were never any liars. In the good old days. But 3,000 years ago, David said there were ungodly, unfaithful, liars, two-faced hypocrites. Wow. I'm glad we don't have any of those today. Let me tell you, there has always been ungodly. And, and, and David was, you know, he was lamenting this. And he says, the Lord, verse 3, alone shall cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaks proud things. I'm sorry, but you will never stop all the ungodly lying. You know, it, it's as ludicrous as whenever they say, we're going to write a new law that will get rid of greed on Wall Street. Okay. I believe it. We're going to make it where you can't lie anymore to the Senate. Okay. Where you can't tell a falsehood. All right. Well, praise the Lord. God alone is going to have to straighten all this out. Who have said with our tongue, we will we prevail, our lips are our own. And ultimately, that this is what's, what's motivating them. They're saying, who is Lord over us? In other words, when someone does not want to submit to God, to God's plan, to the way God has ordained things, the program God has set up, Ultimately, I'm going to tell you something. At some point, you're going to run into the buzzsaw of human nature and the flesh. Because even when you're trying to submit to God's plan and do what is right and do all the things and be in the house of the Lord, you can mess up. Imagine if you had, you were not. Do it, you know, you were not even at all. He says, for the oppression of the poor, for the sighing of the needy. You ever felt like you were just sighing? He sees the poor and the needy, and he said, I will I arise, saith the Lord. Oh, I want him to get up, don't you? I will set him in safety from him that puffeth at him. The words of the Lord are pure words. What are you saying? When you look around and you see all the ungodly and you see all the things that people are doing and you see all the stuff that's going on, you, can't, you cannot retreat into, oh man, it's so terrible, it's so terrible, it's so terrible. I wish I was in the good old days 10 years ago, 30 years ago, 50 years ago. There were no good old days. It's going to take God to reckon the whole books and get the slate clean. Everybody has got to realize the Lord is the only answer. And he says, the words of the Lord are pure words. Silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, that preserve thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. The wicked walk on every side and the vilest men are exalted. Let me tell you, the only thing in the midst of all ungodliness, and if indeed it is worse and there's more ungodly today, I, I don't, 
I think it's more visible, it's more out there in your face, but I think it's always been ungodly. I think now it's shouted from the house housetop, but the only thing that's going to hold us is the Word of God. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my Word is forever settled in heaven. I'm going to hang on to the Word. And when David started praying, and he was saying, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, he then says, thy Word is like silver. Thy Word is purified. What are you saying? When you don't have anything else to hold on to, grab hold of the Word, pray the Word, Hold on to the word. I'm going to hang on to this because no matter what I'm going through, Lord, then your word is going to come out on top. Yeah. Hallelujah. And so, you know, you, you keep going. And he said, uh, the, the next slide, he says, verse Psalm 79. Oh God, the heathen are coming to thine inheritance. Now this was a song that is under, in the heading it says a song of Asaph. And it's not the Asaph that was alive during David and Solomon. It was one of his descendants. This is a song about when Jerusalem was destroyed by Babylon. And it says, the heathen are coming to thy inheritance. Thy holy temple they've defiled. They've laid Jerusalem on heaps, dead bodies of the servants have been given to be meat under the fowls of the heaven, the flesh of thy saints under the beasts of the earth. That's real. That's, that's a horrible visual picture. When a nation has so sinned, and we read, Jeremiah said it was because of the sin of Israel that the Lord allowed Babylon to come in. And when you see that they have done so wrong, the last humiliation is to not even bury the dead. Just let the birds and the animals Eat them. That's a horrible place. You talk about lamentations and lamenting. You are, are feeling like look, look at this. Jerusalem destroyed. The temple is in heaps. Their blood is shed like water around Jerusalem. There was none to bury them. We are become a reproach to our neighbors, a scorn, a derision to them that are round about us. Have you ever felt embarrassed? you ever felt like you were a laughing stock? you ever felt like I've been totally laid in front of everybody and everybody's going to laugh, everybody's going to say, everybody's going to, everybody, everybody, everybody. That's how... Asaph that was writing this, either one of the descendants of Asaph or something was writing this was saying, Lord, this is where we are. And then you know what he says in the next verse? Verse 5, Psalm 79. What's his first two words? 
wrong, Lord. I want to tell you something. That's actually a statement of faith. I know it doesn't seem like it, but that's a statement of faith. Because what, what this writer was saying is, I know, God, you can turn this around. He didn't say, why, Lord, did you let this happen? He knew why. He had said they had sinned. He just said, how long, Lord? How long? In other words, will you be angry forever? Shall your jealousy burn like fire? Pour out your wrath upon the heathen that have not known thee and upon the kingdoms that have not called your name. For they have devoured Jacob, laid waste to his former dwelling place. And then, verse 8, Oh, remember not against us former iniquities. Let thy tender mercies speedily prevent us. For we are brought very low. What are you saying? I, know, I, I told you in Jeremiah, it says in the 10th chapter that it basically pour out thy fury on the heathen in the midst of Jeremiah's writing. So I don't know. Uh, some say Jeremiah might have had a hand in writing this Psalm 79 chapter, but it's some of the sons of Asaph. But what we do know is that here it is that he is saying, Oh God, forgive us our past. God, be merciful to us. God, forgive our former iniquities. Let your tender mercy speedily prevent us, for we are brought very low. What are you saying? Oh Lord, we know you are able to forgive. You are able to wash. They knew they had done wrong, but I am so thankful that in the midst of, well, matter where you are, if you feel like, well, God, why am I going to this? Don't say why. Say, Lord, if it's me, forgive me. Wash me, cleanse me. I want to know when I can get out from under the judgment. Amen. Say, so, well, I want to know why. Well, if you know why, what are you going to do? Repent? Well, you say, well, if it wasn't me, well, I always have something I need to repent for. Amen. Huh? Oh, God, wash me, cleanse me. He said, we are brought low. We are humbled. You know, when, when things happen in our lives, my response is either going to be I'm going to stiffen my neck and say this isn't fair, this isn't right, I, I don't deserve it. Or I say, Lord, how long till you send me relief? Yeah. Oh, I... <clears throat> Forgive us. Our former iniquities. Then he says, verse 9, Help us, O God, of our salvation. For the glory... Because you know what? It's not about me. Who is this all about? I serve who? For the glory of thy name, deliver us. And then notice he uses this phrase, Purge away our sins for thy name's sake. I want to tell you something. 
God's able to be merciful. God is able to forgive. And only God can purge, can wipe it off the books. For thy name's sake. Why do we go down in the name of the Lord Jesus? Is it purging away our sins for thy name's sake? Wherefore should the heathen say, Where is thy God? Let him be known among the heathen in our sight by the revenging of the blood of thy servants which is shed. <clears throat> Let the sighing of the prisoner come before thee, saith, according to the greatness of thy power. It's not about me. It's all about God. God, I want you to know <clears throat> when you start praying, Lord, you know, I need you to avenge me. I need you to take care of me. I need you to know if you'll start praying, Lord, I want your name to be glorified. I want them to see the glory that shines through me. If it is that I, they get glorified, glory when they say he suffered and he didn't open his mouth was led like a lamb to the slaughter or whether the glory is resurrection Sunday three days after I've been in the grave at some point God you get the glory if the doctors come in and say it's over I want you to get the glory somehow some way because it's not about what I'm going through. It's about I still serve God. No matter where I am. No matter what the report is. No matter how much I've been embarrassed. No matter how much I've been humiliated. Then hmm. he goes on. Preserve those that are appointed to die. Render unto their, our neighbors sevenfold into their bosom their reproach, wherewith they have reproached thee, O Lord. So we thy people and the sheep of thy pasture, we're going to do what? We will show forth their praise, thy praise, Unto all. That's why the three Hebrew boys could say, King, we don't know what's going to happen to us. We don't know. But one thing we do know. God is able. I'm going to go down still believing God. And, and, and I put there the... the, the what lamentation says that Jerusalem is the one that had sinned. It, it was not, you know, even, even if you know you've done wrong, you still have to praise the Lord. Ask the Lord to forgive you and then praise Him. You say, well, I'm lamenting. Okay, well, you've got 13 verses. I mean, just read them. Sorry, read Psalm 79. Tell me how bad you've been. But when you get to verse 13, change it. Huh? No, I like to wallow in it for a week. Well, you're a slow reader. Huh? Well, but you don't understand what I've seen, what I've gone through. This writer painted a pretty real picture. I mean, you walk across and you see Jerusalem destroyed and the temple down and burning and bodies laying everywhere and birds and 
jackals and hyenas eating them? Huh? I don't know, maybe searching through to find a loved one? Well, I've, I've been under a lot of stress. Okay. The people and the sheep of thy pasture give thanks forever. We will show forth thy praise. What can you imagine out on the stenchy battlefield around Jerusalem, some old man raising his hands and saying, Lord, I praise you. Remember what they did. What was he saying? He was saying, God, I may never see the deliverance, but I know you will not forget. I know in whom I believed. I know you, you remember. I'm so glad you've forgiven our iniquities. That's pretty real. Now David wasn't the only one to say how long. As a matter of fact, the Lord asked Moses, how long are the children of Israel going to refuse to keep my commandments? In numbers, he said, how long will I bear with this evil congregation? Elijah came to the people in 1 Kings. He said, how long halt you between two opinions? If the Lord's God follow him and Baal follow him. And the Sad part of that verse is that the people refuse to answer. And there are numerous other songs where David would talk about how long. In fact, in Psalms 13, he opens up for how longs. How long will thou forget me, O Lord? Forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? shall my enemy be exalted over me? Sounds pretty bleak, doesn't it? It's a lamentation. Two verses. Go to verse 3. Consider. Hear me, O Lord, my God. Lighten my eyes. What are you saying? Get a good look at the Lord. He'll put a light back in your eyes in place of darkness. You say, oh, I don't, I, I'm just, I don't understand how long I'm going to have to, how long, I'm, how long, how long. David went through that. He said, Lord, lest I sleep the, uh, sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemy say I have prevailed, and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. Uh, you know, he said, I'm tired of having the enemy get the upper hand. I want your light, your understanding to help me so that I won't fail, I won't fall, and I will, in verse 5, but I have trusted what? In thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath dealt bountifully with me. What are you saying? You get about three verses to lament. And then you got to get a, a new vision of God and start breaking out singing. 
I'm going to trust in your mercy, Lord. I'm going to hang on to your mercy. I'm going to hang on. I, I, I'm going to rejoice. I don't have anything to rejoice in. One day the Lord died on Calvary for me. I will rejoice in my salvation. I will rejoice. I will sing unto the Lord. I don't feel like singing. You, I, you don't know. I'm wondering how long. Let me tell you, sometimes you've got to sing whether you feel like singing or not. You've got to say, Lord, I don't know. You know, Find it all. He brought me out. Amen. Of the miry clay. What are you doing? I'm grabbing myself by my bootstraps. And I'm going to walk around and sing a little bit. He set my feet on a rock to stay. He, oh, what are you talking about? I'm going to sing of what God has done. He is great and greatly to be praised. I don't know how long it's going to be. I don't understand when it's going to get over. But one thing I do know is if it takes me out, I want to go out with a song on my lips and a praise in my heart and a rejoicing in my spirit. Say, but oh, you don't understand. Psalm 6, read another one. I told you there's a bunch of them. We're not going to get to them all. Psalm 6, it's a prayer for God's mercy and help. Starts and goes about verse 3. It says, my soul is sore vexed. But thou, O Lord, how long? Return, Lord, deliver my soul. Save me for thy mercy's sake. Psalms 25. Remember, Lord, thy tender mercies and thy loving kindness for a bit of old. Remember not the sins of my youth. God, forgive me for all that I've done in my past. Lord, I, I there of old, remember not all my transgressions. According to your mercy, remember me for your goodness sake. Look on my affliction and my pain and forgive all of my sins. Oh, Lord, deliver me. Let not me not be ashamed for I put my trust in thee. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me for I wait on thee redeem Israel oh God out of all of his troubles what are you saying in the midst of all of this you can pray a prayer of repentance and then start singing Lord you're gonna thank you for what you're doing he said let integrity and uprightness preserve me and I want to tell you something in this hour that's about all we have is integrity and uprightness. And I know it is easy in this world that my hope, you know, is really based on the fact that God's going to preserve and redeem. And David in, in his Psalms talked about drawing boundaries around my life so that I would live a life of integrity and uprightness. You say, is that important? Absolutely. Because when you are not living a life of integrity and uprightness, then all you can think of is, oh, God's mad. God doesn't love me. God is not for me. God is not... Okay, well, do your best to live right, and then you can just sing, Lord... Huh? 
I'm, I'm going to rely on your tender mercy. Psalms 101, he goes into, I will sing of thy mercy and judgment. I will sing. Not only sing of your mercy, but sing of your judgment. Lord, correct me. Lord, work on me. I will behave myself wisely. I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. I hate the, wick, uh, the, the work of them that turn aside. I will not cleave to, not let it cleave to me. A forward heart shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. In other words, you have to be careful who you associate with. And I, you've heard me say it before, you have to be careful what you listen and every report that you get or you'll find yourself all in knots. Whoso privately slander his neighbor, will I cut off a high look, a proud heart. My eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land. They that dwell with me, walk in a perfect way, he shall serve me. This is Psalms 101. He that worketh deceit shall not dwell in my house. He that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. I will destroy all the wicked, cut off the wicked doers of the city of the Lord. Psalms 119, a full, the longest song in the Bible is about the word of God. And it said, how do you cleanse yourself? By taking heed to the word. Blessed with my whole heart, I, I will sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart. Remember the verse? That I might not sin against thee. Teach me, Lord. I want to talk about it with my lips. I want to rejoice. I want It's as good as money. I want to meditate on it. I will delight myself. I will not forget thy word. And we, are, we have a, a, an amazing hour in which, you know, you can play the word on your way to work. You can listen to the word. You can, you can, you know, have it on your phone. You know, you can have your Bible, you know. And, and I'm, oh, let's see, I wonder what Tom Run Tom, that's, that's my daughter, granddaughter's. Run Tom Run game is ready for me to play. <laughs> and uh, Candy Crush and, uh, and Maze. And I wonder how much we, we let the word, huh? What, what are you doing? I'm trying to keep the word in my heart and mind. I'm not saying, you know, 24-7, but there's a, a point in this. When I'm lamenting, David said, I, I need to grab, keep going back to the word. It's like silver. I'm, that's what's going to hold me. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin. When you, you, what are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm clashing clans or crushing, you know, candy or I'm doing something wonderful. Wonderful. I got it, but am I getting the word? Huh? Oh, hallelujah. <clears throat> Psalms 30. It's about reversals because you know what? God's a God of reversals. When you repent, you're supposed to go 180 degrees. 
Guess what? God's able to take your life 180 degrees. Just in a moment. Huh? In one moment. I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up. Thou hast made my foes to rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried unto thee, and you healed me. Boom. That's how quick the Lord can change everything. What are you saying? I, I know Sister Melissa's numbers are up, and, and according to her report, my mother's got to go in. But let me tell you what, I serve a God that, bam, like that, can make all the difference in the world. I believe that. Brother Tracy, Brother Galoni, I'm looking at miracles. I, oh, let me tell you, I know a God that can do absolutely anything. Yes. Sister Bev Clark is here. I mean, she lived a miracle. You say, well, Brother Raven never came and ran around the church. You know what? He sang, I heard it, oh, hallelujah. From somebody, I heard the doctor when they said, we're gonna, it's, there's no brain activity, it's not, there's nothing we can do. And the Lord said, oh yeah? Amen. Huh? Amen. What are you telling me? I'm telling you that's how big God is. Yes. He said, you brought my soul up from the grave. You've kept me alive. I wouldn't go down into the pit. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his. Give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. For his anger endures but a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for the night. But joy comes in the morning. Oh, hallelujah. Thou hast turned me my morning into dancing. Hallelujah. I put off my sackcloth and you've girded me with gardens to the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. Oh Lord my God I will give thanks unto thee forever. Why do you sing in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the test? Because I don't know. It could just be tomorrow morning that everything will turn around. And I want the Lord to know I'm singing praise before it happens. Yes. I'm singing because I know it could happen tomorrow. Yes. Say, well, that's a little bit nuts. That's getting real, folks. Amen. Psalms 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all of his benefits, and there's a colon there. What are his benefits? Forgives all your iniquities. How many are thankful he can forgive? Whew. Heals all thy diseases. How many are thankful you are serving a God that absolutely can heal every day? Why doesn't he? I don't know. But let me tell you, there is not a cancer that's bigger than God. There's not a heart problem, a high blood pressure problem, a diabetes. There's nothing that is bigger than God. Redeems your life from destruction. You know, I, I've seen people that, that have, you would say, well, they've destroyed their brain cells. They've destroyed their life. They've destroyed their family. And you know what? God's able to step in. And I, I know several, probably one of our ones that we know, Brother Archie Gibson, that 
would come here and talk to me and tell me what all he had done and what all and how sorry he was and yet the Lord restored his life in the last few years of his life and he was able to play the guitar and praise God and was able to mend the fence with his first wife and all kind of things. Crowns thee with loving kindness and tender mercies who satisfies thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide. He won't keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins. How many are thankful for that? He doesn't reward us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heaven is above the earth, so great is his mercy toward him that fear him. As the east is from the west, as far as that is, he has removed our transgression. Like a father pities his children, the Lord pities those that fear him. He considers our frame. He knows that we are dust. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting unto them that fear him and his righteousness unto his children's children to such as that remember his commandments to do them Psalms 3 you can read that it's the last one I, I put and my time is up Lord there's you are my shield and my glory and the lifter of my head when I laid down and slept, I was awakened, and the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people. Arise, O Lord, and save me, my God, for thou hast smitten my enemies. Salvation belongs to the Lord, and thy blessing is upon the people. You know, I, I, if you are praying and you want, you know, you say, you, I'm really going through it. Get a hold of one of these psalms. Psalms 3, Psalm 79, Psalms, whatever psalm you want. You can lament. You can cry out to God. And you only have about 11 or 12 verses. Then you got to start singing. You say, well, I, I want to I live in verse 3. Sorry. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. What do you say? That's why this next week we're going to do a little prayer walking in the house. You can sit if you don't feel like walking or you can walk just one aisle or you can walk the middle. You say, I can't walk seven times. That's fine. We're going to we're going to walk. Why? We're going to sing. We're going to walk. We're going to pray. We're going to praise God. Why? Because He's turned my sorrow. He's able to turn it 180. I don't know. You know, they got the Delta variant and the Lambda variant and the Mu variant. And the, I heard they had another variant erupting in, in India. And then I read a, an article that said now China is going to side with Afghanistan. Oh, hallelujah. You know what? Lord, you're still God. I don't know what you're doing, but you know what? I know in whom I have believed. And I can pray, I can feel bad, I can say, oh God, 
It used to be so good. But you know what? I believe that revival, I believe souls are going to be filled. I believe that God's going to heal. I believe He can still turn it around. He can still deliver. He can still set free. That's the kind of God.